Welcome to episode 27 of the Broken to Unbroken podcast with my friend Wes Kimball. Uh, and Wes, thanks for making the time to have a glass of wine and answer some questions and talk you about your trip. Um, so I've known Wes for is pretty much as long as I've been in the in the state of Texas. Yeah. Um, so going what, on a decade now. Yeah. Yep. So going on ten years. So Wes uh, was the owner of CrossFit Austin, and we competed in bright pink shirts uh, with each other uh, on the same team. Was that 2012 or 2011? 2011. I just yeah, remember it was really hot, and it was <laughs> yeah. a year. In, it's the in, hottest regional of all time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where Walgreens sold out of batting gloves and burn cream because everybody was burning <laughs> the skin off the palms of their hands. Yep. Uh, and fun fact about Wes is Wes overhead squats so fast that he gets no repped at the top, uh, <laughs> with, with 95 pounds and that doesn't make Wes happy. Uh, so Wes, uh, recently took a trip and we're going to discuss that, uh, because I, I looked at it, I was like, that is a, a trip of a lifetime. And that's something that we need to share, uh, with our listeners. So Wes, can you give us a little bit of background on, uh, what the event was, where it was at, what your motivations were. Cause I saw somebody posted on Facebook, like, Hey, we're doing this. And you're like, yeah, I'm game. And you book a ticket. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, we've, uh, there's a group of us that, that, that did this trip to Normandy and we started, so we've done another trip. We've trained for it the last three years I've only done it. I did it in 2017 and 2019. It's the Bataan Memorial Death March, where, or yeah, Memorial Death March, where we we march 35 or 20 uh, a marathon, so 26.2, and then we do it 35 pounds on our back. So um, through the training for that, we basically the the guy that kind of leads it, Mike Martinez, he's a another gym owner here in town. Um, you know, he said, "Hey, look, I'm." I've, Go Rock is the, the people that put it on. They're doing this event in Normandy for the uh, 75th anniversary of, of D-Day. And so we're all kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever, Mike, that sounds like a cool deal. And, and, and I think everybody kind of just blew him off at first. But then we, as we were training for this other event, like it would always come up, it always come up. And finally he's like, look guys, like I'm booking my ticket, like send us a link. And so there's four of us, myself, Mike, uh, two other guys, Alan Yucker and uh, um, Jeff Coy. And actually, I don't even know if I pronounced Alan's last name correctly, even though I've known him for forever. But well, we have like two and a half <laughs> listeners, and I don't think Alan's on the list. So, <laughs> All right. Um, so, I mean, that was really kind of it was it was kind of a spur of the moment deal, but it was something that kind of built through the training of this other this other race that we were doing. And so. Uh, so, yeah, essentially the the Go Ruck put on the event. It was they have these these events in other parts of the country. They're called a star course. Generally, they're 50 miles or around 50 miles. And I guess the idea of them putting this like star course race together was that JFK back when he was president said that any soldier that, um, you know, was worth his salt should be able to ruck 50 miles in 20 hours. So our race was actually. Uh, it was a little less because it was for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. They did 75 kilometers, which was about 46 miles, but it was still, we had to finish in under 20, 20 hours. So. Wow. So 
did you get out there before the race for a couple days? Did you get out there like the night before? Yeah. So we were there. I mean, it was, for me, it was a pretty quick trip. Um, some of the other guys stayed before and after we got there. I got there on Friday. I flew out on Thursday, got there on Friday. We spent a night. We we're in Bayou, um, France. Uh, and then our, the, the race started on Saturday night and was all the way through Sunday afternoon. So it was just kind of continuous, slow, steady progress. Yeah. So it's interesting. So we, um, so we'd never done more than 26 miles. I mean, we, all of us have done baton twice. So that was kind of, that was the the most that any of us has done. Mike might have done something, you know, he's been doing crazy stuff. Mike's since the 90s. like gone from Dallas to like <laughs> yeah, so. like the tip of uh, <laughs> like Patagonia four times with yeah. two hundred pounds on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so we did one we did a thirty mile training ruck overnight and then we tried to do another one and we stopped at 12 miles because i like i like to say they're older most two of the guys are older mike and, and alan are both in their 50s so their knees were aching and we stopped but uh but the race itself it started at nine o'clock at night and you basically had 20 hours so that would have if you finished right on the dot you would finish at five o'clock the next day so you you go through the night um and we went so we started at utah beach and we we went up it's called the the liberty road um is how it's translated into english and it's where Patton's third army rolled from the beaches into france as the allies tried to you know retake france from the germans and so utah beaches actually i mean there was they were under fire there but it was less so i mean you watch Saving Private Ryan and the, the everybody knows the scene in the beginning where they're just taking machine gun and it's just brutal. So that was all on Omaha Beach, which is, you know, um, you know, probably 20 miles up the coastline. And so the whole this Liberty Road through these different towns was the U.S. Army trying to connect the two beachheads where, you know, the the infantry that came onto the beach at Omaha and then the you know, all the armored, the armored divisions coming in at Utah and all the supplies and everything. They needed all those people to hook up and and have a clear path so they could continue to push, push into, you know, push into Belgium, push into France or into Paris and push into Germany. And so um, so the route, the route was really cool. You so we started in Utah and then we, we went up this Liberty Road and then we hit all these towns where so the you know, the two you know, these two big forces of our army came onto the beach and then, but we dropped all the, you know, the 82nd airborne, the 101st airborne, you know, most people have seen the show band of brothers. So those guys, easy company, different people like that, they dropped into these different, well, they got scattered all over the countryside, but their rendezvous points were in these different towns that they had to take over that had strategic bridges. So again, so the third army could, could continue to the third armored. And I'm, I, if we, if any of the two listeners are a hardcore history buff, I may be, you know, mistaking some of the uh, some of the names of the divisions and stuff. But basically, so they could link these two beachheads up. And so the the path you, we walked, we started, at, like I said, we started at Utah, then we walked to um, Saint Miraglis, and so that was a strategic uh, point that the 82nd Airborne, that was like their rendezvous point, they had to take that town to secure that bridge so the, the army could 
continue to push in. And then um, we went from St. Mary Glees to continue to walk, you know, through the countryside. Um, and I mean, it, it was crazy because you're, you're literally, it's a, after, you know, by the time we got to St. Mary Glees, it was probably, that was probably 10 miles. So it's probably like 1130. Was it hilly or not, kind of a mix? Not at that point. Okay. So, and I'll, I'll get to the end, but. You know, really for me, the first, so all through the evening, you know, through these towns, you're just really kind of experiencing the history as you're going through. So it's, you're almost like oblivious to all the other things. You know, we had people that brought us water and food and, you know, you had the normal stuff that you, you know, you got to continue to refuel yourself to, or, and rehydrate yourself to not get yourself in trouble. But, but it really was, you know, just feeling like you're, Kind of on sacred ground and and just kind of reliving this history as you walk you know in the middle of the night um through these these towns that were you know so pivotal in that d-day invasion and so so we say mary glees was about eight 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 to ten miles then another probably seven miles was uh actually probably another 10 miles was was karen tan and so that was another um, again, if you've watched Band of Brothers, I think it's like the second or third episode. I think it's the third episode. It's the town that they take where it's like, you know, shooting Germans in windows and they, you know, they have a big battle on the uh, um, on the countryside where actually the third armor comes in and saves all the airborne as um, some of the Panzer units are coming in to um, kind of overrun them. So, uh so we went, so that was kind of, that was the night, right? You were, you're going, you're just, you're walking through the night along this trail, along the countryside, you know, kind of getting a feel for kind of what I assume, you know, not obviously not as intense as those guys did, yeah. but the, the, you're on the same path as those guys that were trying to meet up in these towns and, and take these strategic points. And so, uh, so from there we, we walked and that was about, about daybreak. Um, we, we went to, it's Maisie Battery, and I actually don't really know the history around Maisie Battery that much. And then up to Point to Hawk, which is um, so so basically Rudder's Rangers, James Earl Rudder, um, they scaled the cliffs there and overtook you know these big German art- artillery pieces, and it's something like lost like eighty percent of his men. Um, and so it's a, a, a very famous you know kind of area. You know they have this big monument, this obelisk there. Um, and so we, we got there at like, I'd say probably around noon. And then that's when it got, that's when it like went from being like fun and nostalgic to like, now I'm getting my ass kicked basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many people in total were doing this? Uh, so there's 150 people and, uh, I think like around 45 teams is teams were consisted of two to four people. Uh, and I think they, they, there was probably 40, 30 or 40 people that actually dropped down at some point during it. Okay. Um, and I mean, it was, so we had Mike's wife, um, Angelina, and we had Jeff's wife, Audra running support for us. As like a, a crew in a ultra. Yeah. And, yeah. and those people, if like, if you've ever run an ultra, like you want to like give your medal to your crew at the end. So I'm oh. sure you were super appreciative of their support. Like that's yeah. crazy. Cause it's not like, Oh, we'll drive 
an hour to the race and support you guys. It's like, we're going to fly around the world and we'll go support you guys. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, honestly, I don't think we could have finished without them. And, and so the, the baton race that we've done, the, the setup is you don't have any support, but it's, it's a very, you know, they've done that for years and years and years. They have, you know, food and Gatorade and water on the course, you know, every two miles, if you need to get something, you're good. Um, on this deal, I mean, they had a little bit of water and some orange slices, maybe the first 15 miles. And then we didn't see anybody. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're carrying 20 pounds, you have to carry 20 pounds. That's like the pre-requirement before your food and water. Um, so the only, so people that didn't have anybody to, to help them with that, I mean, you're, you're essentially carrying, I mean, you think about 18, 20 hours, you're going to eat, if you're just hanging out in your office, you're going to eat three meals. Yeah. You're going to drink, you know, you should probably drink a couple of gallons of water. And then on top of that, you're, you know, burning uh, thousands and thousands of calories an hour. Um, just, you know, just walking through, through the countryside. And so, so it was really, and it, it really, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty big mental, you know, when you, and I, I, on my hit, my athletic background is not in endurance at all. No, <laughs> like you're not seeing this in, uh, in video, but the first thing I would use to describe Wes, like you wouldn't see him in the grocery store and go, that guy could battle for the marathon win with a uh, <laughs> sub two Ethiopian guy. Like Wes, Wes looks like he can move some weight around, but yeah. Wes doesn't look like he can move his weight around for 40 plus miles, like no. for like proficiency. Like no. obviously you can do it. Right. Uh, and like, I've noticed with like these ultra endurance events that you can't really judge a book by its cover. Oh. Cause like I've been passed on the trails, like, and I think I'm Clydesdale build for some of these ultras. <laughs> yeah. But like, I see some straight up dad bod looking dudes like passing me <laughs> at like mile 30 of a 50 miler. Yeah. And they're just crushing it. Like with that long duration, like energy demand, like, uh. Like you don't have to be a cross country athlete. Like you have to just be able to have your tissues be able to tolerate that amount of force for a long period of time. And a lot of it I'm sure is mental. That last half was just like, okay, like you're kind of appealing to nobler values of like, okay, like we're going to suffer because there are a lot of people that suffered on this ground. This is an anniversary like we got a lot of money in the pot, but also like people have paid the ultimate price right. to like make sure that there wasn't Nazi flags flying all over this place. Yeah. And I'm sure that kind of gave you an extra gear or two to kick into. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny the, and so, you know, that kind of brings up the point of this. I really, and it, in both of the, the races I've done in Baton, so at Baton, you know, we're actually like our group has won the division. It's like the the mixed civilian division the last three years. And so we actually train like very specifically. We have a certain time that we're trying to achieve. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're racing against the clock, not just trying to finish there. And so, so both uh, in, in both scenarios, that last 10 miles, you know, it's about, um, like really almost, pro I'd say the last six to 10 miles. So like this last, 
really 10 kilometers. It's just, it is, it's just such a mind. It's such a mental game. And it's really for me. So we, we get to point to Hawk, right. And, and at that point we, we'd been going through, you know, we'd basically been on roads. We'd been, there were some, some heavy traffic roads that were, it was just kind of uncomfortable to be on it. Cause you felt like it was a little bit dangerous, but you never were, it was never like, Oh, this is kind of rugged terrain. Right. But the, so at point to Hawk, you basically had two options. You could go back on these roads. Not that anybody can see what I'm doing with my hands right now, but <laughs> counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could just stay along the coastline and, and walk straight along the coastline to Omaha beach. And so we, we chose to stay along the coastline, but, when we did that, you, I mean, it was, there was a very narrow trail, maybe, maybe the, the width of like one of your feet or your feet like put together. Ultimate single track. Yeah. And you're walking through these, um, wheat fields and poppy fields. And then also when one field, whether it's a wheat field or a poppy field ended, they would have all this like brush and kind of just vegetation that you had to kind of maneuver yourself through. So that was probably... Gosh, I was probably five miles and it just, and you, and we hit that point of the race at midday, probably around noon one. So it's the heat of the day. And I mean, even for the first half of that, I, you know, you're just like, we saw helicopters and planes flying by and you're, you can see the ocean. It's just like, oh, wow, what a beautiful like scene. And then, you know, when you think about it, it, it when I say five miles, it doesn't really seem like that much, but five miles hiking that slow is almost, you know, probably an hour and a half, mm-hmm. an hour, 45 minutes. So you, you do about a half hour of that and the nostalgia kind of wears off and you're yeah. just like, this sucks. Yeah. You know? And so, so I really got to a pretty low point cause it just zapped all the energy out of me. So we finally finished that. Um, and I, I, I tell everybody this, so we'd also, you know, so we had all these points along the way where we knew that the support team was going to meet us. So, so we'd gotten a text from them. They're going to meet us at Omaha beach. They're going to have hamburgers and sodas. And so, so you're now like, you're speaking yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, you know, this is, I'm excited about that, but we get there. So we get through all of this and you just, you didn't, I didn't think it was going to end. And, uh, and then the, the hamburger. I don't know if you've ever been to France. I don't. I don't know. Have you ever? Have no. you been to France or your body's been to France? Yeah. But. They don't. They don't make hamburgers over there like they do in the states. No, you know? it's not it, smash burger. No, it's not smash burger. <laughs> and so it was just dry, and and it's just it was disappointing. And so so I really got in a really bad headspace at that point. Good where, thing France didn't buy Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I trust Chicago with Whataburger. I wouldn't trust France with. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I just, you know, you just, and you, like you said, you think like, Oh, all this sacrifice and everything. And and I just got, you know, I just, I just got that. And I'm sure people have, you know, if you've done anything hard before, you just get to the point where you feel sorry for yourself and you're just have a bad attitude. And I, and I just, and I just got into such a bad headspace at that point. We had about three more miles where we walked you know, we walked above Utah beach on just a road. And then we had another, the last three miles was literally, and you know, these guys were just, you know, just screwing with everybody and like trying to make it as hard as possible because the last three miles, I would say at least two miles of it was uphill. It was in sand. And you're just like, when is this going to end? And so I actually, I told Mike afterwards, I was like, you know, I'm, 
a little disappointed in myself because when we finally finished, I was in such a bad headspace that I almost couldn't even enjoy the moment. I was just like so tired, so, so beat up, so mad at the world for, you know, even though, you know, you did something cool, right? But God, and so, so it's like, your, like your kid looks in every picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in a, in, you know, in retrospect, I mean, it's, it's taken some reflection. I'm like, wow, this was like a really cool thing we did. And I'm, I'm almost a little bit disappointed in myself to, to say that I'm, that I was, I was just it, like, it, it almost broke me to the point where I, I didn't even really enjoy the, like the culmination of it all. Um, so, which is good. I feel like there's some like growth there and Mike and I talked about that and, you know, it's like, okay, like you did this and you, you're, you know, next time, although I don't know if there's going to be a next time at this distance, but, <laughs> but next time, you know, you know, you just kind of know where those, those kind of limits are and stuff like that. In like, I, we were talking about this before we started recording. Like I started, I just finished that book called Endure uh-huh. and it goes through, like they, they did these like extremely mentally monotonous tasks mm-hmm. to where they would have people go run after they just bored the ever loving, you know, what out of them. Yeah. Like just like these little, like you almost feel like you're in a psychology experiment to where it's like, all right, push yellow. It's a, if it's a triangle, yeah. push this, if it's a square mm-hmm. and it's just like intentionally there to mentally fatigue you. Yeah. And it drastically decreased people's physical performance. Oh, I believe it. So it's not like, you're in a Spartan race to where it's like, Ooh, another obstacle and you get something different. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're just plugging around. Like you're walking, you're, you're just like making one foot go in front of the other. <laughs> so the terrain doesn't change very fast. Yeah. Like you don't get a new scene every five minutes. Like you don't see someone else's, someone else's butt in front of you. Like you don't get like a new experience every yeah. so often. So that like a lot of that is mental fatigue because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like this is getting really boring when the historical like ambiance wears off right. and it's like, yeah, still walking with this crap on my back. <laughs> uh, it's it, like, is this done? Yeah. And you know, they, they really, and I think in my head, I was just like, and, you know, they do it for a purpose. Obviously, when these guys map this course out, you know, they didn't want to do it to say like, oh, yeah, just anybody can do this or or it's like easy. I mean, they they put it together. Yeah, you could tell they put it together so you would like go by all these like historically significant sites. But they really drew that that course in a way that, I mean, where they're trying to like break you down mentally. And I mean, the guys that put them on there, you know, they're, they're military guys, they're former army rangers and stuff like that. But, you know, so you're at the point where you're the most sleep deprived and you're in the heat of the day. So you're battling dehydration, you're battling, you know, just fatigue from being in the heat. Um, And then they're going to basically put, you know, they're going to give you three miles of uphill and sand that you haven't really faced the whole time. It's, you know, it, it's just, yeah, you, you, like looking back in my head I'm, at the time, I was like, I was like almost mad about how hard it was at that point. But looking back on it, you're like, well, like, why would you do it any other way? Yeah. In 
I think a lot of that is mental from like previous experience, mm-hmm. like because I've done four or five ultras. Yeah. In like I've strategically placed fuel to where it's like, okay, I can tell when I'm getting like, I'm just pouty, like a yeah. little three year old, <laughs> and I'm not freaking tired, but my body and my brain is going to trick me into thinking I'm tired. Yeah. And I'll hide stuff in my pouch to where it's like, okay, here's a caffeine pill. Yeah. And like, if I just start getting that way and I know I'm not under fueled, I know I'm not hitting a wall. I know I've trained adequately to get to that point and it's not muscle, it's mind. Right. Like I'll pop that caffeine pill and magically like my splits go down. Yeah. Or like, I know a lot of ultra runners, it's like when they get to that low point, it's like they'll pop a piece of nicotine gum in mm-hmm. and it's just like, it yeah. pops them back up because that little energy hit is like, okay, like now, like you didn't magically charge your muscles. It's mm-hmm. just, so you're getting your head back in the game. Right. So it's just a lot of that is like, yeah, I think that part of the experience of that is hitting a low. Cause I doubt anyone who was there 75 years ago had a smile on their face. <laughs> so. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. part of the game. Right. And it's, it's part of the, the experience. And like, we experienced that when we did our, like our first go rock challenge mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, like I'll never know what our military go through, right. uh, to like go through basic and whether they get deployed or not, but to appreciate a little taste of that, like, yeah a little civilian like version of that. And I'm not, I'm not making it like even close to what they go through. Right. Um, but it makes me appreciate it more because I didn't grow up in a military heavy area of the country. Like you got like one, one military base in Wisconsin and mm-hmm. they just blow old stuff up for a living. <laughs> like they don't do anything there. Yeah. Um, so it really did help me appreciate that going through the go rock challenge. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that, and when you, re- when I reflected on it, the same thing, it's, you know, you feel sorry for yourself in that moment and you're in that, that bad head space, but I mean, you don't have bullets flying at you. You don't have to get up and, you know, have bullets flying at you the next day. You don't have to get up and do that again the next day. And so I, you know, you, it puts it in perspective, but, but honestly, you know, to, to be a hundred percent honest, like in the moment, you know, it was just about like trying to get done for me, which again, I was like, I was, I was kind of disappointed in myself, but I, I mean, I'm not dwelling on that, but now I, I, I kind of realize it's like, well, you wouldn't want it any other way. Right. Like I wouldn't want to be like cruising in and being, Oh yeah, this was great. Where's the other half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it was cool though. I mean, it was, and it, it, it really, it's a, it's an experience, you know, it, it, it really, you run the gamut of emotions, right. Going through these different towns and seeing all these things. And, you know, I really have had a, a like my grandpa was a, uh, in a, a bombardier in world war two in the Pacific theater. And so I've always had an interest in it. I've read a lot of books. I, you know, I spent some time over in France when I was in college and, and I'd actually, I've actually been to Normandy previous to this and, and been there and been to the American cemetery and seen, taken everything in. And so it's just such a different, it was just a different way to experience everything that you're actually, 
doing something that's testing you mentally and physically, um, you know, on this sacred ground. And one thing that was like very apparent to me is like, I think human beings are very good at being resilient when they know where the end point is and Mm -hmm. like, whether it's a distance or a time or there's a domain of like, okay, this is when this is going to end. Yeah. And the, the, the veterans that were there 75 years ago, they didn't know how many days this was going to go on. They didn't know when the end was. And that can almost drive you nuts. Yeah. Cause like you have to like very, very much. So it's like, if we take it to like a CrossFit perspective, it's like, okay, you may have to do Murph once or you may have to do it for four days. Right. And you have to like mentally pace that, but not fall behind, not be like the slow Buffalo in the herd. Yeah. And like, it's a mental, like if you've never experienced something like that, it's like, if you don't know when something's going to end, you don't know how to pace yourself. You don't know where the sanity point is of where the ending is. Yeah. Like it's, it's a whole different ball game. Well, and so as a part of all this, um, we, so one of the guys that went on the ruck, Allen, his neighbor is a World War II veteran that was there on D-Day. And, and that we, there was an article about us in the paper. It wasn't really about us. It was really about, the you event. know, it was about, it was about Reed. It wasn't, I mean, you know, they mentioned us and they, you know, t- talked about what we were doing, but the gist of the article was really the, the experience that that Reed had when he was there and he came on to Omaha beach. He came, he, he went through the hell that we've just seen in the movie theater. Right. And, and, you know, his comment is that, you know, he's at a certain point, all those guys, at least that were in that, you know, that group of men that, that stormed the beach, you know, they just assumed they were going to die. And so, so it's, it's almost, you know, you think about that contrasted to what, what you, what we did is it just, this pales in comparison. And it's, it was really cool to, to kind of hear his story and get to meet him. And, and we've got some, hopefully we've got some plans for him in the future because he's never been back. And so, um, so what we'd really like to do long-term is, is cause he was at, he came on in, in Normandy and uh, he stormed, he was stormed Omaha beach. Um, and then he pushed into Bastogne and was part of the battle of the bulge. And he's, he's never been back to any of that. And so, so our, our long-term plan for 2020 is to hopefully, you know, get with his doctors and his family and, and try to facilitate a trip for him to go back over and and, and do that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So, um, so it's cool. I mean, it, you know, you, you put it all, it, it really puts it all in perspective. And, and I think that was a lot of it for me when I, I came back, I, I got there. I, it was a pretty quick trip for me. We were, you know, doing a family trip in Florida. And so I got there on a Friday. We rucked Saturday to Sunday, flew back on Monday to Florida to be with the family. And then on actual D-Day, that article came out and, you know, just kind of reading through the article that they wrote about Reed and, and thinking like, yeah, you know, I was being a baby and like felt sorry for myself for those last 10 miles, but it just a hundred percent pales in comparison to what what anybody's done to, yeah. to keep us free. So, so that really puts it into perspective when you think that some of these like Mondays off are just grilling holidays yeah, and, sure. uh, with, uh, it just really does help like 
put some like faces to it of the, yeah. the few that are around right. us yeah. and that are still can like give us living, breathing, like stories yeah. of what happened. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they're just like, yeah, we just all thought we were going to die, but like <laughs> yeah. that, that was what we signed up, signed Stop up for. And that's what we did. And, yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. And before we complain about just daily stuff that we deal with at work, it yeah. puts it in perspective. No doubt, man. So how did you, did you just basically like, all right, to train for this, you just do more of this or did you have a plan? Well, the, the dirty secret is that we didn't really train for it. Okay. <laughs> so, so we did, so we, in March we did baton. So for baton, like I said, I mentioned earlier, you know, we trained twice a week. We'd always do six to eight miles on Wednesdays at a tempo pace. And then we just build up two miles and then we all, you know, CrossFit and, and, you know, just hit a normal workout in the gym. And so, so we built up to, you know, so we built up, you know, our longest ruck for baton is around 20 miles, 22. Sometimes we try to talk Mike out of doing 22. We're like, yeah, 20 is enough. Um, and then we did the, the 26 miler in March. And then our plan was really to do, to kind of alternate. Cause we really, I mean, you, you come off of these deals and you need some time to, to let your body recover. Yeah. Um, and so we took about two, well, actually I take that back. So Mike actually signed us up for, you can, you can do a, a star course at 12 miles. You can do the 50 miler. They have like three different levels. So he's like, well, I want to, let's do the 12 mile star course. It was actually in San Antonio the week after baton, just so we know what it's like. So we did that. And actually in that was like, <laughs> it was, we almost, we almost we almost lost it in that because we were all like, oh, this is great for six miles. And then again, like the last six miles, same kind of deal. The last 10 kilometers was just like a beat down. And so so we, we did that. We, you know, we kind of took a couple of weeks off. And then the goal was to to do two long overnight rucks to to really just kind of experience and see, you know, what kind of fuel we needed. You know, where, you know, kind of like you talked about, where where were the points where, you know, things start to break down a little bit. And so we did a 30 mile. So we did that. We drucked from basically Hebner and Bitters to Bulverde and back. This is 30 miles overnight. Um, we started at nine o'clock, just like we did at the, the big race. And then, um, and then, and then, yeah, we we're done around seven in the morning. And so, I mean, that was a pretty, that was really the longest that we, any of us had ever rocked too. And so, so it took us, I mean, really from that, it took us some time to recover. So we were, we were doing kind of 10 to 12 miles once a week after that. Um, and then we tried to do another 30 miler. I think it was like two weeks prior to the, the race and, and we just got into it and, you know, we got about 12 miles into it and, you know, it was, you just know, right. You know, it's like, we're going to do more harm than good being two weeks out and, you know, people's knees hurting, people's ankles hurting, things like that. It's like, you know, we know what it's going to, you know, we have an idea of what it's going to feel like, and then we're just going to have to tough it out once we get there. So how does it stress the body differently having weight on your back versus just like going out and moving? So the 20 pound weight is not as, as significant, right? So we doing 35 pounds for me. 
So I've always kind of had a, a little bit of a shoulder, just kind of a wonky shoulder that's never been hurt enough to like keep me from doing anything. But it's just, you know, it's just, you know, there. there's something, there's probably something chewed up in there that I don't know about. But, uh, um, but really, you know, you, you start to feel the fatigue in the shoulders and the lower back. Um, and then really the biggest thing is your feet. And so, um, so at 35 pounds, it's a pretty, and it's a pretty significant relief when you can just take the pack off and just kind of rest with it off. But 20 miles, I mean, it's, it's obviously harder than if, if we we're just walking regularly, but I, I don't really think 20 pounds, at least for a guy my size is, is that was that significant of a hindrance. I mean, really the, the biggest thing was my feet. And yeah. so while well, we always laugh, it's uh, the real MVP was the Advil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like vitamin M. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, it, to a point in this deal and, and we, I try not to do a lot of it during training, but, um, you know, where I, I, it, you can feel a significant difference where you take those anti-inflammatories and your the, the pain in your feet goes away for long enough to get you to the next point. But at this deal, I mean, we popped so many of those things that, I mean, it was probably unhealthy, but, uh, um, but, but that's, I mean, that's, you just, just did what you had to do to get through because really the, the feet are the hardest. They just take, it's just, it's just, a, and especially for a bigger guy like me, it just, it, it's just that much distance and that much time on your feet is, is pretty brutal. Did you just wear like a good, like Lawa hiking boot or what did you wear? So I have, I'm, a, I'm probably due for some new shoes because I've done, yeah, two marathons two marathon rucks and then now this 50 miler and then all the training in between. And they're basically an ultra, it's like an ultra running shoe, but it's a, like a mid top kind of mm-hmm. hiking boot. Yeah. So, um, so they, they work really well. And I mean, we, you know, didn't end up having to change any socks or anything like that. Um, just, you know, just roll on. Yeah. I had a couple of blisters you know, when I was done, but, but really it, it just, your feet just start to feel like, you know, they're going to crumble underneath you. And you kind of get a little bit of perspective of why in all these military movies, they're so obsessive about the feet. From, oh yeah. From like Forrest Gump to full metal jacket. They <laughs> all talk about socks and boots and like, you got to take care of your feet. And yeah. Like, you don't realize that from an outsider perspective until, unless you're like a full blown ultra runner and yeah. like you've like shredded your feet to where you have to duct tape them. I always say if you haven't, gone until you've gone at least i for me it's over i'd say probably 15 miles like you don't like you don't know what your feet are going to feel like after that yeah the first time i ever had weight on my back i was training for the go ruck challenge mm-hmm. and like they're before they had all these fancy plates and all this other stuff like they're just like all right you got to tape six bricks together and put them in the <laughs> yeah. back of a pack yeah. And I realized that my bricks didn't have holes in them. So we get to the go rock challenge and they weigh them and they're 58 pounds. Oh, and they're like, dude, you're effed. And he's <laughs> like, but we're not going to do anything later. You're just going to be extra proud. Uh, but like this <laughs> was in January yeah. uh, in the, the go rock was in March. I put those bricks in my pack and like a water bladder. And I did the 25 K at Bandera. So it's like 16 miles with 60 pounds on my back. 
but like, it was just like, okay. Like, and I can like feel the mental fatigue because I've run that race six times yeah, and double that distance twice. Yeah. But it was just so boring. Just like, (laughs) Oh, like I'm never going to be a walker when I'm old because this is boring. (laughs) You know what? Like, hiking up these giant hills and yeah. then like the hills that I used to flying squirrel down when I'm not just running them. I'm right. sitting there like scrambling and walking down them. Yeah. But like the big thing with me is my arms like started to swell from all the weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Cause I didn't have a waist strap on my ruck. Mm. So it was all on my shoulders and my hands started to swell up. So I was going all middle school single strap, like yeah. just trying to like, hi, I have a question and like take one of the, the arms out of the yeah. strap to drain the swelling out of them. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's definitely a technique to it. Um, and it, the, the pack that I use for this, I used a little bit of a lighter weight pack. It didn't have like my baton pack has a like a full like plastic kind of skeleton to it um, and a really good waist belt. And so you can almost adjust it where you, in, in that one, it's like you adjust it where the weight's distributed more on your chest and you can adjust it where it's more distributed on your shoulders, more sh- distributed on your lower back. And you, and I would, you know, just kind of rotate between those. And that really helps with, like you said, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you swell anyways, cause your arms are down and everything, but it, I'm the same way with, with, with that, like the shoulder, like just, it just digs into my left shoulder and and it, it's, that's almost the first thing that, that fatigues on me. And so, uh, so, but again, I, you know, at 20 pounds, it's, I mean, especially at 60 pounds, I mean, you're, that's, that's legit. Like dumb. that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty aggressive. But at 20 pounds, I mean, you know, you've got pretty wide, the pack that I use has pretty wide kind of straps and I had a waist belt and you could still kind of do that same kind of deal, but you just kind of have a, you just kind of get into a routine of just adjusting it to, you know, every couple of miles. And I bought the, the GR three bag from go Ruck for yeah. our Bali trip. It's like their largest one that you can take as a carry on. Yeah. And it has the really big waist belt. I was like, Holy crap, this is kind of nice. Like <laughs> you, you cinch that down. I'm like, it feels like it doesn't weigh anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, man, I wish I had this for, for some of those challenges. Yeah. It's oh, actually one thing that I did do that I've never done for something like this before was, so they, they have a little like, training template that they produce. And, and one thing that they recommended, they said, if you're not going to, you know, if, if you feel like it's not going to be consistent training, get your weight, put it in your bag and just take it with you wherever you're at. And so, I mean, I did that. I, 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 I wore my 20 pounds to work every day. And I mean, not that I'm like, you know, I walked it into the office and walked it out basically, but, but I mean that, I think that that helps um, just to because you feel comfortable with it, and I, I, for me, the the most gratifying thing about being done with it is that I don't have to carry that thing around with me all the time. Yeah, anymore. I was like, well, I was like waiting for somebody at the office one day, like sweating, like is so and so ready? Are they going to be here soon? I'm like, can I set my bag in here? Yeah, I'm dying out here. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I mean, that was one thing that I that I did kind of to. You know, I think more just mentally to, to be prepared for that weight on your back for so long. It's kind of like that Pavel greasing the groove concept. It's yeah. like, ah, 
and every time you walk past the pull-up bar, do one or two. Right. Uh, it's not like you're fatiguing the system. You're just neurologically getting the system ready for bearing weight with that amount of balance. And because yeah. you have to change the way all your muscles fire, if you have that much weight on your back, the same way like a pregnant lady that is having that much weight on the front right. has to change their mechanics. Yeah. Um, we just get to put it down. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to do it for nine months. Yeah, the nine month death march. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we're both out of wine. Yeah. Uh, is there any other things that you think are are noteworthy of the trip? Any tips that you have on people that maybe be interested in like getting more information about these kind of events. Yeah. Uh, any like beginner tips as far as like, Hey, I'm not ready to like fly across the world and do this, but here are some like local sites to check. What, what other things do you want to get across? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, really the, the event that we did was, it, it truly is kind of a once in a lifetime deal. And I, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll never forget. And so so obviously GORUCK has a ton of events that they do around, and I think they're going to try to start doing more internationally. But I I like rucking um, from the standpoint of, you know, you're outside um, and, you know, you get to know people if you, you, know, you do it in a group or it's, you know, kind of meditative if you're just getting some alone time without, you know, electronics and, you know, the uh, – you know, the stresses of the world. Um, but I mean, I think really the, if I had a tip for anything, it's, it, it's really just about, it's just kind of like anything else is consistency, you know? And, and so, yeah, sure. We did these, we've done these cool races, but you know, the, the consistency over time of just, you know, being able to, to kind of endure and build yourself up and, and, uh, you know, it's not just, it's not just about going and, and doing 50 miles, you know, that's kind of the glamour part of it. But yeah, you know, with anything else, you know, you've got to train, you've got to be consistent, you got to show up. Um, you know, your mind will take you a long way, but you know, you can really mitigate a lot of that by, by being consistent in the training. And I don't know, I don't know if, if, if we would have trained harder for this, if, if it would have made it easier or if we even would have wanted it to be easier, but you know, it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a fun way to, 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 it's just a different, like fun way to exercise. And then, and I, you know, I think for anything, for anybody out there, it's like, it's just a cool adventure, right? You know, we, we get caught up in our everyday lives and so like, why, why not, why couldn't you do something like that? You know, it, it, sure. There was some costs involved and things like that. And, and, you know, I know that not everybody's in the same situation, but if you want to go do something, man, just go do it. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, I would be, 10 times, I mean, I would feel, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what the feeling of that experience was and, and the things that I feel like I've gained from it. If I would have said, you know what, it's just, you know, it's, it's too, I got too much going on. We got this family trip. We got, you know, work, blah, blah, blah. You know, you only live once. So, you know, YOLO. go for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> as the kids it's, say. As the kids say. It's cliche, <laughs> but really, you know, it's true. So, uh, so I, you know, and that's kind of how I, I, I like to try to try to live my, my life for, for better or worse is, you know, try to experience as much as I can. So sweet, man. Well, yeah. I really appreciate you sharing the, the experience and, 
Uh, I think that it's going to be a really good episode to yeah. kind of give people a little bit of an insight as to like what went through your head, a little bit of uh, context, history, that kind of thing. And it, it was a cool event that got a lot of publicity. So I think yeah. that uh, it'll be cool to kind of give our listeners, all two of them, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a behind the scenes Perfect. sneak peek on it. So. Awesome. Wes, thanks for making the time, yeah, having buddy. some wine with us, you and uh, talking about your your event. All right, man. Awesome.